Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. This is not going to be one of my normal broadcasts. Reason? My heart is so broken and so sad. I don't know how to even talk about it. I have come boldly on this station more than 20 years. 
broadcasting every day for five days a week. See, the problem is I really care about people. I care about my friends. I care about what's going to happen to them. If you've gone on the web and looked at Lahaina, and you've seen the fire that swept Maui, you've seen their tears, seen their, I'm going to keep the faith, their bravery in the face of fire. I love them. I also recognize the hand of God in judgment. What are people going to say when the same thing happens to New York City? And it will soon. Or what are you going to say to the people on the West Coast in San Francisco? I love San Francisco. I've I've been there. I've driven their streets. I've talked to the people in shops, restaurants. They're normal American people. Great judgments are about to come on America. I've talked about that. I've talked about what needs to happen to prevent that judgment from overtaking you. Then a big yawn. It's been a big yawn. And yet, my heart cares so deeply, all I can do is weep over them. And over you. I named today's broadcast. The ground of your salvation is shaking. Well, the ground of salvation is the man, Jesus Christ, and his precious blood shed on Calvary in one of the ugliest scenes possible for human beings to look upon. The God of heaven being nailed to a cross, stripped naked, beaten to a pulp, agonizing for every breath, everyone knowing he's dying. How could human beings do that to another human being? Yet it was done for me because of my sin. He took my sin very seriously. So I come to speak to you today. My fear is that the ground of your salvation is shaking, not Jesus, the ground you're standing on. Some of you are so full of you. 
You've gone after all the stuff and after all the toys. You've tried all the big churches. You've been the go-to guy or the go-to woman. But your heart is still empty. What are you going to try next? Paul Washer is one of my favorite American preachers. Now, while I don't agree with all of his Southern Baptist theology, I think he's right on track. And it's said that his wife was having a very difficult time because she was trying to keep all the rules and her heart was displaced in agony. And finally, Paul sat down with her and walked through the entire book of 1 John and showed that the only way you're going to make it into heaven with Jesus is to completely give him your life. That means your American life. That means your life in its entirety with total loyalty to only Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in First John, the third chapter. Wow. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in your heart and in mine. And I look at what's happening around me in the lives of people I love. My dear neighbor, David. Wow. And I'm saying, what else can I say? Four or five people listening as now on YouTube. Is why? Why not a thousand? Why not five thousand? Why not ten thousand? Well, because preacher, you're not saying what we want to hear. No, I'm not going to ever preach what you want to hear unless you want to hear that Jesus loves you, died for you, made a way for you to be holy and leave all of your sin behind and walk clean in the blood of Jesus. That's the only message I have. I'm sorry, I don't have another message. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 21. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. That's true right now for many of you listening. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. What does it mean to present you holy in his sight? Holiness means to be utterly washed and clean. No compromise. No love of the world, the flesh or the devil. You've jettisoned that from your heart. Without blemish, it says, 
free from the accuser or the accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Well, the preachers of today are not servants of Jesus. Not in this way. This is not what they're preaching to their people. No, we'd rather go listen to Joyce or one of the other popular preachers of the day. They're not preaching this. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by commission of God to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mysteries which have been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now disclosed to the saints. The mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's no Christ in you. There's no hope of glory that you can depend on. It's shaking ground if you're still walking in the lust of this world. Still doing your alcohol, still doing your drugs, still doing your fornication, still doing your pride, full of yourself, calling yourself a Christian but not walking in it. He says, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. This is what I'm struggling to do. I want to present you to Jesus. I want to present you to Jesus. And I've not been able to do that. I've not been able to do that. Listen. Verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8, Colossians. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. How about if the whole church has done that? Having taught hollow and deceptive philosophies. I look at that and I say, Lord, I'm not getting the job done. And I know part of the reason why I'm not preaching what people want to hear. I know another part of the reason is that the Holy Spirit power is not here. And so people are free to listen to every deceptive philosophy, every hollow word, 
depends on human tradition, on Calvinism or some other human tradition. And it depends on the basic principles of this world. Like, you got to get her done. Accumulate as much money as you can. Go on all the vacations you can. Live the life now. And then you go to Helena. Oh, my brother, my sister. How do I preach this? What do I say to you? What will bestir you and say, okay, pastor, I'll come and pray. I'll come and pray. Verse 11, in him you were also circumcised in putting off of the sinful nature. Oh, no, pastor, I still have my sinful nature. A man said that to me. He said, oh, no, pastor, I still, I'm a, I'm a sexual addict, and I'm, I'm still a sexual addict. I'm a Christian. I haven't put off my sinful nature. I've tried to subdue it. And most of the time, I can subdue it. He hasn't put off the sinful nature. Not with a, a circumcision done by the hands of, of Jesus Christ. Verse 11, chapter 2. This is Colossians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 11. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, some of you have gone back and you're, you're still dead in your sins. You don't want to hear that, do you? You still want to watch the shows you want to watch. You still want to go to the places you want to go. You're still, you're still wanting to have those four or five or six glasses of wine and get soused and go to sleep on the couch. What? And then you're a leader in the church. You're in charge of programming. Are you crazy? That's why I'm sad. I don't know how to address this. I don't know how to talk about it. How do I talk to you about this? It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ, but you're not alive with Christ. You're dead. You still love the works of the devil. You still love the entertainment of the world. You still love the fornication. You still love going in your, in your study and watching the porn. You still love it. How do I help you? And I'm saying, Lord, do I even continue preaching?
Is it worth it? Is anyone listening? See, I didn't assign myself this task. The Holy Spirit did. And so I'll come. I'm not going to quit. But I'm desperately sad. My heart is broken. The American church has become apostate. All the guys in their slick suits standing up. All the women in their beautiful clothes standing up. Beating the church. Lies. False teaching. False assurance. Colossians 3, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In your minds, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Then Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, or mortify in the King James Version, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Now he gives us a hit list. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. What is the wrath of God? Burning, destroying, earthquakes, volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes. The wrath of God is coming. Like it came to Hawaii. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Oh, but let me ask you, are you still living this life? Are you so full of yourself that you have no room for the Holy Spirit? I don't like asking you that question. It breaks my heart that I have to ask it. When are you going to begin to wake up and turn aside from the worldly, hollow, false teachings of Calvinism and others? When are you going to turn away and go to just Jesus Pastor, what do you preach? I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. I preach salvation by the blood shed on Calvary. I teach that by that blood and by the circumcision of the hands of Jesus, he can make you perfect. He can take away your sin. He can replace it with righteousness. That's what I preach, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Isn't that the gospel of of Scripture? Am I preaching some strange doctrine? 
when I was a boy. This is about the only doctrine we heard in my church. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ washed washed us in his blood, gave up, gave up his life for you and me. That's the doctrine I heard when I was a boy. It's the doctrine I read in Scripture. Am I missing something here? Don't feed me this false gospel of grace. Grace, according to Titus, is to help me turn away from my sin. Help me to leave my sin. Remove it. Grace is never in Scripture a covering for my sin. It doesn't hide the sin. It opens my eyes so that I can see how I stand before Jesus. Do you get that? Now, please. I know this is not what you're hearing in your church. And if you're not hearing this old-time gospel sermon, run from that church. It's a den of darkness and death, and it will take you to hell. But I'm telling you this, as the preacher takes you to hell with him, he's going to be smiling and going to the bank because the church has become a business. Oh, you bring the donuts. I'll bring the coffee. We'll have a good time at church. After church, we'll go out and have dinner somewhere. My brother, my sister, be honest with me. Am I preaching a gospel that is not the gospel of Scripture? You've listened to me many times. Am I not preaching Christ and Christ crucified? Am I knowing anything except Jesus and what he did for you on Calvary and what he wants to do for you now as he scrubs you and washes you and makes you clean by the blood shed on Calvary? Wasn't that the purpose for the blood? To justify you? to make you holy, and to sanctify you holy unto the Lord. Isn't that why Jesus died? Am I missing something? There are several people in the chat line. Would you go on the chat line and tell me, am I missing something here? Is this the old-time gospel hour that we've been called to depend on for our salvation? Come on. You see why I'm sad? Why my heart's so broken today I can barely speak with you? I love you dearly. But I'm tired of your pride. I'm tired of arrogance. I'm tired of make-believe Christians. I'm tired of people saying I'm a Christian and then walking in the ways of the world.
He identifies the ways of the world in chapter 3, Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Everything your earthly nature goes after. The lifestyle. The arrogance, the pride. Anger. Rage. Malice. Slander. Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its of its creator. Here there's no Greek, no Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion. In other words, don't yell at your wife or your kids. Stop it. Rage at work. Rage everywhere. He says, put on kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. As you sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus not the First Baptist Church. No, don't do it in the name of the church. No, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody yesterday I spoke with, they said, I'm an independent Christian, a free thinking. I said, why are you putting all of these tags on yourself? You're a Seventh-day Adventist, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, but I I add that to Seventh-day Adventist, or I drop it. I said, why don't you just say you're a Christian? You're a Christ follower. You're not a Baptist, you're not a Methodist, you're not a, you're not a, you're not a, you're a Christian, right? 
walking clean before God by the blood of Jesus. Instead, you have pride in what you think. So you think you're special. Oh, Lord. No, I'm an, I'm an Anglican. I'm not very proud of Anglicans, by the way. They've gone more and more with homosexuals. In the island that burned, the church was not touched by the fire. The priest in this Catholic church was asked, why do you think you were not touched by the fire? He said, because we believe in the rainbow. And then he named other things. First thing out of his mouth that he named that he believed in was homosexuality. Catholic Church on the island broke my heart. Masters, Provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you have a master in heaven. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. So, okay. What am I to do? I'm a pastor who is 78 years old. I've been preaching and and teaching and pastoring for well over 50 years. And I have watched during those 50 years as the gospel of Jesus Christ has been replaced by a false gospel of love Tolerate, go along to get along. I believe in love. I love you. But I want the gospel of Jesus Christ above all others. I want the pure gospel of Jesus that he shed his blood on Calvary for me and for you. I want to know only Jesus and him crucified. I'm not going to go along with the hollow, wicked philosophy of Calvinism or other isms. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in isms. I believe in Jesus. So the scripture says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Well, I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of that today. I didn't want to even do the broadcast. I almost called my brother Ed and said, please do a rebroadcast. I'm not fit to preach today. 
Frankly, I'm disgusted. I'm sickened by the American church. And then many of you have bailed out of the American church. But frankly, you're not doing any better by yourself. Why don't you start a church? The good old American gospel church. Christ crucified. Righteous, holy. Or you can come to the National Prayer Chapel. But you don't want to be inconvenienced. It's too far to drive, you think. Is heaven too hard and too far away to fly to? Well, we're not heaven. But we're sure aiming on going there. But again, I have to ask you with a smile. Is heaven too far for you to fly to? Or do you plan on going to heaven? Or is that too inconvenient for you? You want to stay where they have football and baseball and all the other sports you enjoy? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the word that I come preaching to you? Are you just going to turn it off? Write it off? Would you subscribe to this channel? I dare you. Subscribe to the channel. Are you willing to walk clean before God? Or are you going to be one of those grace people who lie? Who say, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm covered by the grace of Jesus. No, you're not. You're saved when you're covered by the blood of Jesus and you've been washed clean of your sin. You know, there's a... I don't want to even turn to it. Okay. We've, we'll do it today and then... I'll go back to teaching just Jesus. Chapter 5 of Acts. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, which is with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? This must have been a a man who was known. They had a church of 10,000 people. Think Peter knew everybody's name? I don't think so. You've lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before you sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have lied to men, not to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. 
And then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for your land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said, How could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the fit. The feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Verse 13, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Okay, let me make my point. The modern church is Ananias and Sapphira. We've said, Jesus, we love you. And then they've gone on walking in wickedness. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He said, my commandments are not burdensome. So bottom line, the American church has become Ananias and Sapphira's kids. They don't die because the Holy Spirit withdrew. If the Holy Spirit came in power without great mercy on the blood of Jesus... Most of the American church would die because that's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. The American church, we have lied to the Holy Spirit. We've said we will belong totally unto you, Jesus. We've said we will love you. Revivals, everybody's up waving their hands, singing songs to Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We've not kept his commandments. We still walk in the ways of the world and the sin of the world. We've lied to the Holy Spirit. That's a very, very dangerous thing to do. And part of the struggle that I'm in right now is that many should hear this message and turn and repent. But because they've lied to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is leaving you alone. And unless you recognize how you have lied to the Holy Spirit and turn and repent for what you have done, you will die. And you will not be in heaven. It doesn't matter to me what Mr. So-and-so says or preacher so-and-so says, you will miss heaven. I care what the scriptures say. Read carefully 1 John, the third chapter, the whole chapter. You cannot sin and enter into Jesus Christ. Well, okay, I've said it. Now, what are you going to do about it? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Keep your angry, hard-edged soul Keep your cynicism, 
and lack of trust in Jesus. You see why I shouldn't have even been preaching today? I love you. Doesn't sound like it, but I do. I'm desperately concerned for you and for this nation and for the church. I love the church. Jesus loves his church. But for most churches, he's already come and he's removed the lampstand. The Holy Spirit is gone. Even Pentecostal churches, he's removed the lampstand. They still have their rituals, but it's empty. It's foolishness. Now, what are you going to do about this? I pray you're going to repent. I pray you're going to ask your family to repent with you and pray through until you have victory and the fire of God is lit once more in your heart. The fire of God is lit in my heart. But I didn't want to come and I didn't want to preach today because my heart is broken and sad. Lord Jesus, I come as your servant. My heart is broken. I don't know how to say this to your to your to your sheep. I don't know how to say this to people who say they're Christian but obviously are not Christian because they love the flesh, the world, the devil. They've never been circumcised by your hands, Jesus. They've never been washed clean by your blood. They love their lifestyle too much to give it up. So I come, Jesus, all I can say to people today is I'm desperately concerned for you. I love you. And I want you to turn to Jesus and be saved. I don't want you to continue hardening your heart against the true gospel of Jesus. I want you to turn in your heart and seek his face and let him remove the hardness and the arrogance and the lust for this world. Please, Jesus, hear my cry today. Lord, come and do your work at the National Prayer Chapel. Come and do your work wherever there are a handful of Christians who gather who honestly want you, Jesus, and not the games, not the world, not the flesh, not the devil, but who want you and your blood, Jesus, and who want to be washed in your blood and made clean, who want to walk in the fullness of your word, Oh, Lord Jesus, please come. Please come.
Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for not being able to do the job you sent me to do today. I'm just, I'm too broken, Jesus. Physically, I'm broken. And spiritually, I'm broken in sorrow over the condition of your people. And I don't know how to say anything that will touch their hearts and turn them toward you. So I just put it all in your hands, Jesus. I put Washington, D.C. I put this nation in your hands. I know wrath is coming upon us. It has to. I'm asking that you would reach out and save those you can. I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit in power to convict for sin, to turn from foolishness, and to establish in righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. I want to pray specifically now for those of you who are sick, who are broken, lame. For those of you who are having mental problems, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I believe that your name is powerful. I believe that in your name, The sick can be healed. The lame can walk. I believe that I can walk, Jesus. I believe, Jesus, for those who are having mental problems. Lord, I pray for those who are addicted to alcohol and drugs and sex and all the other wickedness. I pray, Jesus, in your mighty name and by the power in your name that even as I'm now praying, your Holy Spirit would go forth in power across this country and everywhere that this broadcast will be listened to and that you will restore the sick, you will restore the marriage broken, that you will come in power with your name, Jesus, because it's in your name that everything happens. It's in your name that the power flows. So I'm asking for that full breakthrough, that the gifts of the Spirit would be returned to your church. The gifts of healing would be restored. Thank you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope today has not discouraged you. I pray that the message today has encouraged you to change course, to make the hard choices and decisions, and don't let anybody, wife or husband or anyone else, don't let them turn you aside. Dirk just wrote to us Psalm 
91, because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Oh, I think that's Psalm 91, verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. I come today acknowledging the name of Jesus and asking that if this broadcast has not turned you away and you want to be a part of continuing this radio ministry and this YouTube ministry, then I ask that you would give hilariously. We're halfway through the month and we've not even begun to be halfway through the month to pay the radio bill yet. I need to hear from you if you want me to remain on air. That's that's the bottom line. You can write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, National Prayer Chapel, National Prayer Chapel. Dot com. I love you all. I've done my best. I leave it in Jesus' hands. I leave it for the Holy Spirit to deal with your heart. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>